Thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts review of the 2023 Italian Grand Prix at Monza. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen, and follow us on Twitter at the Undercut Number Two. Enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people, and if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. So the second week of a doubleheader, the Monza Grand Prix, or is it the Italian Grand Prix, or is that Imola? Which one's the Italian Grand Prix? <laughs> no, Imola Italian is Emmanuel, Emmanuel, okay. Emilia Romagna. That's right, Emilia Romagna. That's right. Yeah. All right. So the Italian Grand Prix, and, it, and, it, Italian and the point is, it point is moot because there wasn't one this year. Right, Got right. There is no San. Mar- there's no San Marino Grand Prix, right? So right. Well, that's what the Emilia Romagna used to be, right? That's it. You right. I guess, I guess that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're you right. Yeah. History lesson there, folks. If you're looking for the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix of old, it's called the San Marino Grand Prix. San Marino. Yeah. I, I discovered that by watching old races and they kept they were calling it the San Marino Grand Prix. And I was like, this looks just like Imola. And sure enough, <laughs> it was exactly it's the same thing. Con- so, it's a separate <laughs> country, Jason. It's a separate country. Yeah. They have Famous. corners called Aqua Minerale and all of the tickets in, uh, <laughs> in Italy. And, uh, you know, San Marino, famous in FIFA, of course, for always showing up in the you know World Cup qualifiers, you know, for their teams to get That's spanked right. by uh, everybody else. And yeah. um, what's the Spanish one? Uh, Catalonia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like yeah. where all those Barcelona players are. Not quite a separate country. Not as separate as, as San Marino is. San Marino. Right. Yeah. And with that, we have lost our... <laughs> Our Barcelona listeners. Let's not let's not we don't have an official position. The undercut podcast does not take official position on Spain separatists, Spanish separatists. Yeah. Let's not start getting into like Spanish soccer federation and all of that jazz that's going on right now. Um anyway, so Monza this weekend, it's usually the fastest one. It usually wraps up in like an hour from start to finish, um, which is, you know, sometimes nice, sometimes not so nice. But um, let's get into qualifying. So we finally had, I can't remember the last time, we had a full dry qualifying session. It probably hasn't been that long, but with the break and everything, it felt like it was forever. For sure. um, yeah. So much yeah, weather in the past few races, absolutely. With exactly. it dr- wet tracks, drying tracks, trying to get banker laps in. Yeah, none of that on display this weekend. Pirelli have turned the inter machine off. They don't need to make a whole bunch of inter tires for a while. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Hopefully so. We'll see what happens in uh, Singapore. And I guess we found out a little bit this weekend that Danny's probably not going to race in Singapore like we had talked about last race and speculated that it seemed like it was impossible and it seems like that is the case yeah Yeah, it's such a physical challenge right even with like bionic hands he's he'd be struggling to be able to just maintain control of the the car through through two hours because singapore always runs two hours it's always really hot it's just very very physical so so this was liam lawson's second race and he's going to get one more yeah. yeah, and his first race with like a full race weekend, not just being thrown in the car in the wet in the Netherlands. Yeah, so, good point. Good point. Yeah, he had more time to um, a little bit more time to prepare, get his mind straight for sure. 
Exactly. More than one practice session. So that is cool for him. And let's get into the qualifying stuff. So not a lot of craziness during qualifying, which is nice, other than just regular qualifying things. Um, Lance, unfortunately, again, out in the first qualifying session. Um, he has been really poor. He had a, like a good showing the first week when he came back from broken two broken wrists, but since then it has been uh, pretty poor from him. Joe not looking good. Kevin out again, and then both the Alpines with a really just disappointing weekend all the way around. Yeah, I mean, it's like you go back to Zandvoort, high downforce, obviously twisty, pretty twisty. They've got the high downforce setting pretty set at uh, Alpine. You know, you look at them at Monaco as well, you know, Ocon with his podium in Monaco. So in high downforce setting, they're pretty good. Yep. Stick a skinny wing on it, they're way off the back. They were really not good this week. So, yeah, what I mean, one thing we should mention, right, so it's such a low downforce circuit, so speed is such a premium that, you know, if you cast your mind back a few years, you know, getting toes down to start-finish straight for your qualifying lap has significant impact on your lap time. So right. to combat that, you know, they put in this minimum speed that you had to go around the track, which kind of came into play slightly. But That's right. When, when was it like three, four years ago, everybody was trying to jostle for position to get a and toe. Then none of them made the, <laughs> none of them <laughs> made the, the line. <laughs> none of them made the line and it was all a big kerfuffle. So they were trying to keep the cart. So they sort of came up with this sort of local rule to use a golfing term that you had to sort of even do your warm up laps in a minimum time to keep everybody moving, moving around the track. Um, and I'm sure we can talk about how that was, how well that was enforced in a, in a minute. Well, well, it was in Q1 actually, wasn't it? It, it was, was at some Q1, point in qualifying, yeah. so we can talk about it. Yeah, so because I didn't actually know it had happened, because you know, watching bits and pieces of qualifying at different points in the yeah. day. But supposedly, yeah, supposedly in in all that shuffling, the Ferraris went too slow on their warm up laps and didn't go around quick enough. So there was this, I think it was in Q1, so there was this specter hanging over them in Q2 and Q3 that some fine or uh, you know penalty might be meted out to them no matter what they did. Right. Uh, so that was sort of hanging over their heads. Did, do we know how Ferrari slow they were? I don't but know this. Do you know, the, do you know the stats on that, Jason? I don't know. How slow, I don't how know close how slow they, they were, were. You know, they always like right. to say, Oh, I was only a tenth of a kilometer and a mile an hour over the pit lane speed limit. Don't, you know, don't give me a five second penalty, but they do anyway. How close yeah, they were to I this time, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how slow they were going during the uh, outlaps, but I know how fast they were going during the uh, quick laps, and they were yes. at the top of the tables all weekend. <laughs> yeah. and then they that is true. Any so, maybe, yeah. so maybe you can just look it up and just edit it in, and then we'll go, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. really close. Man, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They, they just snuck in there, didn't they? <laughs> exactly. It's creative editing. I mean, but consp- gotcha. I mean, I'm a Ferrari guy, <laughs> but they ultimately didn't get a penalty, but... Are you gonna are you gonna penalize Ferrari at Monza when they're trying to like have a little mini comeback? You'd be a, a brave steward that does it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like you said, regardless, they didn't end up getting the penalty, so it was um, helpful for them. Unfortunately, going into Q two, 
the Williams had looked really fast again after last weekend, um, which is a total, like we just said, it's a totally different circuit to last week. So it was w- weird to see Williams progressively going, going better than last week. Um, it, it bodes well from them go- for them going forward. Um, but unfortunately, Logan was not able to get out of Q2 um, along with Hulkenberg, Botas, and both of the AlphaTauris, although both of the AlphaTauris getting into Q2, I guess, is not all that atrocious, but still they want to they wanna move up. I was definitely pulling for, for Logan to potentially sneak into Q3. I was happy to see him there last, last race, but then to crash out yep. on literally the first corner of Q3 was uh right. disappointing to see if he gets another shot at it but it didn't it didn't quite happen for him but you know Albon you know getting into Q3 again you know showing that Williams is like a legit car this is not like a one-stop shop like we know that it's fast in a straight line so we expect in Monza um if he can put it all together but um yeah Williams not not the joke it was you know three four years ago when they scored like literally zero points over the entire season right um really yeah. and they've always had a forward. pretty slippery car i think yeah. the, the issue that they've had in the past is it's really draggy so when they did put wing on it really slowed them down which is why it was so great to see them doing well last week in zandvoort because like we said it's a higher downforce circuit so I, I guess you know people tend to expect the williams to be pretty quick at monza because it's it, you know it's a straight blast and you know you look back to nick de Vries scoring points last year um, when he was in the car for Albon, who'd been out with appendicitis. And, um, you know, it was, they, but still, I mean, that Williams car is, is fast in a straight line. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Certainly with uh, Alex behind the wheel. I'm not even totally convinced that the car is all that good, if I'm being honest. I just, maybe Albon is just that good. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely, he's one of my top drivers. I really do rate him. I know we, we've talked about him before and how, you know, how he was treated with by Red Bull, but you know, he's a class act. He knows how to drive that thing. And I think he's showing it really well. Yeah. Um, and then we get into Q3. We had an exciting uh, final session to qualifying. Um, after the first round of laps, it was Ferrari P1 and P2. Um, with all the guys coming back into the pits to uh, get their new tires, looking good. Um, Max was not as comfortable as we've seen him before. I um, mean, like we were, like Martin, you were saying earlier, this is a track where they try and get the the slipstream from the cars in front of them. But oddly enough, earlier in the session, Lewis did better without the slipstream than he did with George in front of him. So I guess it really depends on yeah on they the car, they- but. Yeah, they couldn't get it going. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, exactly. Maybe there was a mistake out there or whatever. But yeah, yeah, that was, that was strange. Um, but then we had for the to decide who was getting pole position, we had both the Ferraris and Max. I think it was Charles first, Max second, and Carlos third in a line, all in like slipstream distance. I mean, obviously Charles didn't have it, but the other two behind them coming across the line together the last laps um all three of them flying and then charles takes pro- provisional pole and then max crosses the line and max takes provisional pole and then carlos the last one to finish up takes pole position at monza in a ferrari was awesome the crowd went crazy um and it is his first pole position of the year which is great i mean so good for 
for Carlos. You know, great job. I mean, it was so close. I don't know what it was, 14 thousandths of a second or something. It was, yeah. I think the first the first number was zero for sure. It wasn't a tenth yeah. of a second difference between him and Max. It was so close over a whole lap. You know, I mean, fine margins for sure. But yeah, great for him. You know, it, it gave us the opportunity. It's a bit like buying a lottery ticket, right? You, you spend your $2 in, in America on a lottery ticket and that $2, you can sleep in a dream. You can dream. You can dream of what might be if it comes in. But I think it, you know at the back of your mind that that $2 is not getting you a, a multi-million dollar payday. And if I'm totally honest, you know, Carlos on pole, I could dream of a Ferrari win, you know, and, and Leclerc in third. But... <laughs> You know, barring something else happening, I was still expecting Max to to make it happen on on Sunday. So, but don't take anything away from Carlos. You know, pole position, Ferrari back in the mix. Um, you know, certainly best of the rest. And you know, Perez did Perez finish uh, fourth? No, uh, yeah, fifth actually. I yep. think. Um, he was third. Uh, so, yeah, George, George. George was George fourth. Was yeah. fourth. Yeah. So Perez fifth. So, you know. Ferrari absolutely, uh, you know, got it right. And if there's a place for them to get it right, if everybody wants to keep their job, Monza's the place to do it, right? So, uh, yeah. I mean, you you, you got to realize Ferrari build their car around Monza, right? If they if it's not the primary <laughs> directive, they always have a Monza spec car. It's just it's it's part of their DNA. It's you know they want to be. At their very, very best at Monza. So even in a season where they've underperformed, to be fair, you know, last season obviously they got off to a great start and kind of tailed off towards the end of the season when Max hit his stride. But this was always going to be the one where if there was ever a chance that Ferrari could really challenge Max, it was going to be here because, you know, it is just central to their design philosophy, I think, to uh, to put together a car that's good here. That's just a yeah. frustrating thing for you to say, Nick. It's such a, it's a bit of a, all circuits are unique. It's all, all circuits are unique, right? But Bonza is more unique than than anything else. I hate that from a grammar perspective, but it's so fast. <laughs> it's got so low wing. It's a bit like designing your car to be good at Monaco, right? You're going to be yeah. absolutely garbage everywhere else. Like, why not design it to be fast somewhere else? But, you know, I get the point. You know, it's in Italy. It's down the road from the headquarters. You know, so let's yeah. celebrate it for what for what it was. You know, and the, it was a very very fast tempo. lap. Yeah, it was good yeah. to see a lot more red than than orange uh, in the stands for once. For <laughs> once, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like an oval spec car that they do for Monza. Ah, it, I mean, yeah, Monza's not not a million miles away when you look at the circuit. They th- it's a bit like right. the old um, is it Hockenheim? You know, with the old. It's almost just big loop. oval with some some little wiggly chicanes thrown in. Every exactly. Swap. Well, the old yes, the old ones are with the banking thrown. did have an oval section. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, it didn't even have that sort of turn in. So the parabolica it just went all the way around, didn't it? Yeah. But it's yeah. not called the parabolica anymore. It's named after an old driver. I forget which one. Alberto Alberetto was it? Yeah, Michele Alberetto. They renamed. I don't it. know why. Was Michele Alboreto that good? Parabolica. No, I mean, like how often do form- when, when do Formula One fans talk about you know mathematics? You know, in a in a circuit, you know, like as far as tangents and stuff like that. You know, it's a it's a parabola, parabolica. That's what I think of anyway when I hear it. 
Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F-number-one.com, where you can put your theories to the test. Let's get into the race day. Um, Unfortunately, on the formation lap up to the grid, Yuki had to pull off the track. Um, just before the parabolic exit from the race <laughs> just before the parabolic <laughs> and um there was something they weren't able to turn something off i guess so it was still electrified so they, it took them a long time to get it off the off the is that right because the they said it looked like they stuck it in gear and one of the one of the yeah. um on one of the radio transmissions they said it was stuck in gear but yeah, maybe it was they still were pushing it. They, they were pushing it. it and they couldn't move they couldn't move it yet. No, I saw them pushing it, but they couldn't move it, yeah. Yeah. But it's like they they it was funny because they they sent them straight back out again. Like even before well, I think the last car had just come on to the grid and they just sent them straight away. They didn't hold them for like ten seconds to, to give the guys a little bit more time to move it. Yeah. And then they sent them around again. And then they were just kind of standing there on the grid. For, for ages right and you'd got yeah. red bull mechanics jumping over the fence onto the side of the track before anyone was allowed on i was expecting to hear something about that but nothing nothing came of that right um, i saw that but yeah, yeah you had too, you had red bull mechanics before the red lights were on so not they ideal. Could, in hindsight yeah. they could have waited very strange the first time to send them around to give the guys a bit more time to maybe move the car before they realized they were going to need a truck but I guess at the end of the day, once once you're going to need a truck, you're going to have to red like not red flag it, but do a full restart anyway because it just takes that long to get a yeah. truck out. There. It was just frustrating because it it takes 15 minutes. the 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 grid process takes 15 yeah, right. minutes, I think. So as soon as they declared it like they weren't going to start and everyone could come back out, then they have to start that whole 15 minute cycle again, which meant yeah. that. Yeah, the the the, um, the stricken Alphatari was moved probably before everyone ran out onto the onto the grid, or within like maybe a minute of that. But that fifteen minute window had to open up, and then that meant that we were sitting there until twenty past the hour for the race to get started. Right. We've probably we've yeah. probably talked about this before in an old podcast, but uh, I'll bring it up again. But it reminds me of definitely in the nineties, you used to have the T car right the third car that was set up for one of the drivers and like oh they've got enough delay like yuki can can run back to get into the t car they can get him back out on the grid but they don't have a third car anymore. i don't know i I don't know what year they got rid of it (laughs) probably the 20 plus plus years ago probably yeah i think it was martin probably around one that like yeah. He crashed. He had a bad crash, but he got out of the car and was able to go back, even though he destroyed yeah. his car and was able to that's stay right. in Australia Get in, another in car. 95. Yeah. 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 that's If you ever see the documentary called One, it's the one that's narrated by Michael Fassbender. And it's at the start, they show that crash because it's it's basically about how many Formula One drivers died in like the 60s and in the 70s when you know ronnie peterson and francois sever and even before that with um 
uh, you know, drivers of old. Yeah, uh, Jock and Rint and all of those, right? So it was that crash at the very start because that came in, I think, 95 after they put in place all of the improvements to head safety and all of that after Ed and Senna had died in 94. And um, that crash, they say it was like, you know, that crash would have likely killed someone two years earlier. But Martin Brundle could get out, run C. Sid Watkins, who was the medical chief for F1 at the time, and could get in the spare car and start the race. Is that the one where his car, is it a Benson and Hedges gold car where it flipped upside yeah, down? Yeah, Jordan. Like snapped in half? Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. I remember that, yeah. All right, so let's get to the start of the race. The Ferraris had great jumps off the start. Carlos was Max and Carlos were were pretty close going up to to turn one. That first chicane, um, Charles right right behind him, but Carlos was able to to stay ahead down the what do they call it the Curva Grande and uh, you know stay ahead of Max after those two chicanes, which was great. Oscar had a nice little pass on Albon as everybody was was turning into turn one, and one of the greatest shots is seeing that helicopter shot. And seeing all of those cars get through that first chicane from the start and all filtering through, and it's such a tight, a tight squeeze for them to get through there. And um, it was just cool to see all the cars I don't think, sink, I think, slinking I think in through there. You're right. I don't think any car took the escape road at all, which is almost unheard of, right? On the first, right. on the first lap, on the first corner at, at, at Monza for sure. I mean. There's a there's a straight there's an escape road to the left where you cut the second part of the chicane and then there's a full like dead straight escape road where they had put a ton of I guess they were foam blocks not nothing that's going to hurt the car in the way that people have definitely driven through in the past but yeah fair play to all twenty drivers to get your car through there with minimum I didn't really see anybody touching anybody um, yeah no no almost really. almost unheard of I wouldn't have taken that bet for sure. Um, but yeah, fair yeah. play to them. And then the exactly the pull out from that first chicane up the Curva Grande, the shots that they have from the cars, how close the other car is to the side. They must be going, yeah. you know, two hundred miles an hour. Amazing. Yeah. The, the when you come out that like you, there are a number of overtakes when they can make it work. Where coming with that tighter line out the second part of the retifilio, like you said. And to, could get out on the outside of the Curva Grande. We saw it a few times, and it's great just watching the cars come round. Because then it's like, who's going to be able to just outbreak the other one into the next chicane? And uh, yeah, or you know, it was a number of times that happened. And that's just the great thing about Monza is because there's so little wing, the cars can follow so much closer because there's not the dirty air. Yeah, absolutely. So. Oscar was able to get ahead of Albon at that first turn, but on the second lap, they had a great battle, the two of them, side by side, down the Curva Grande again, and Alex was able to take his P6 spot spot back um, from Oscar. Really, really nice move from Alex there. Um, Really impressive. And then we hear Max start to complain, maybe about the tires or another driver. It wasn't really all that clear what he was talking about. Um, But Max is complaining a little bit as he's trailing behind. Yeah, I I think he was saying. I think he was talking about Carlos's tires. Actually, I think I think he was saying that he was started to see Carlos's back end just getting a little slithery, and like his tires were going out. 
So, but at this point, I mean, you're still relatively early on in the race. It was probably only lap five or six. And, you know, it's, yep. it's always going to be a one-stop race at Monza because it's like you, you're doing top speed when you go past the entrance to the pit lane. And so you're obviously doing top speed when you, you know, the whole length of the pit lane. So you're losing so yeah. much time. I think it's almost 30 seconds. It's the l- largest loss of any uh, circuit, I think, in terms of the amount of time on a pit stop. That yeah. it's only ever a one-stop race, so y- yeah. you can't pit on lap six or seven. You've whatever state the tires are in, you've got to get to a place where even if you're putting on the hard, you know that it's going to get you to the end. Yeah, um, and then we saw the really first instance of Max or of Carlos trying to hold Max up. Um, he did a great job keeping him back. I mean, it maybe a little bit of late moving, but it looked it looked good to me at least on his first attempt. Carlos doing a great job shutting the door on Max, not able to let him get ahead of him. We hear George's engineer ask him, this already managing his tires around turn at turn six and we're at lap nine. And you just hear George reply saying, I don't know if you've seen that, but there's a car right up my ass. Um, <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting response. He's had a couple like nippy instances with his engineer the last couple races, but that was pretty funny. I mean, at this at this point, Carlos. I mean, Max is all over Carlos like all the time, right? Carlos is not dropping him at all. Uh, I mean, DRS is yeah. enabled, although it doesn't seem to make that much difference. But at this point, this is your lottery ticket, right? You got to like drive. Carlos has to drive a perfect race at this point. It's so it seems to keep Max behind him. Any mistake is is going to open the door because Max is not is not letting up. Um, they've dropped. I think it's because Leclerc is in third. He's He's not right behind Max. He's over a second back. He's not in DRS zone for sure. So um, it's the two of them up front. But yeah, Carlos is definitely doing a great job. But Max is just waiting for him to to put one yeah. wheel wrong. And that and that was it. That first phase of the race, while Charles was still in DRS as well, it, you know, it was just trying to keep it together. And Max was just under so much pressure because he was trying to get past Carlos. But if he messed it up, he knew that Charles was going to get by because he was right up behind him as well. And then he had two Ferraris to get by, which is Max Verstappen. I mean, it's nothing's out of the ordinary, but you know, at Monza, um, uh, with the speed of the Ferrari this week, it was, you know, it's a challenge to get by one. I think one thing that was really cool that you could tell as well was just how science was deploying his uh, battery as well down the straight. And you could see him harvesting at the, at the, at the chicanes, you know, just positioning his car so that he could just come off the gas just that little bit earlier because they weren't they weren't overtaking spots into like Della Roger and Ascari, and then he had just the amount of battery just to be able to just deploy it, even though he didn't have DRS, just to be able to give him that little bit that um, that he needed to stay ahead. That was a new graphic as well, right? That they were showing this year, uh, this race. They had a new graphic showing battery usage, whether people were like net deploying net harvesting i only showed it a couple of times but he only showed it a couple of times and it was not really logical what it was actually telling us because we (laughs) you know it was a very poorly explained graphic but it showed you that they deployed their battery differently it was new it was new information (laughs) and like they're just they're getting they're, they're trying to work it out so you know maybe they'll add they'll add it to the heads up display that they've got working you know they they keep adding stuff to that um but you know, new information yeah. from AWS, I suppose. Yeah. Shout out yeah. Amazon. 
And maybe we saw a little bit of Max learning from his past mistakes. And with him, of course, it's a totally different situation. But that that corner where, of course, him and Lewis had that infamous crash where he went on top of Lewis and like oh, would have crushed him if there wasn't yeah. a halo. Um, and there were instances where he was pretty pretty close to being alongside Carlos and could have turned in and they would have crashed. But him, you know, backing off and slowing down instead of letting that happen and taking his time and letting the person ahead of him make, make a mistake instead of forcing it to happen. So maybe he's learned a little pa- bit. I think patience, yeah. I mean, yeah, patience was the order of the day for sure. If you could keep the either keep the pressure on the guy in front, wait for him to make a mistake and, and capitalize. Uh, and then, you know, drivers were to, started to talk about, you know, the undercut, you know, and how powerful that might be you know, as a way to get by cars in front. Um, if you came in, could put some, you know, fresh rubber on, use that fresh rubber to make a, a faster lap time and potentially get you ahead. Yeah. And, and was Max the one that someone came on the radio, maybe it was George, I forget exactly who it was, but saying the undercut's going to be strong here. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So it was then a case of coming up into the into the first stops. It's like, well, to your point, Martin, it's like, Who's actually going to stop first? Who's going to be able to stick it out? And who's yeah. going to get the undercut? And yeah. um, I think it was the Ferraris that, that uh, well, Albon came in first, right? Albon came in super, super early um, yeah. and then left himself a really long second stop. Of the, of, of the higher runners, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Right. Technically, Gasly was the first one to come in on lap 10, but, um, yeah, Albon came in on uh, lap 15, he was on used mediums and went on to hard, yeah. Yeah, there were a few guys that were in the back half of the grid that pit before anybody in the top half. Um, just, you know, I guess, trying something different. Yeah, most of the guys that finished at the bottom half of the race all stopped twice, actually. Right. Uh, Magnussen, Hulkenberg, Lawson, Joe, Lawson, yeah, Piastri, all stopped yep. twice. Well, uh, yeah. Piastri for oh, other Piastri reasons, had to. Yeah. <laughs> Piastri, yeah. not by choice. Yeah, good point. No. <laughs> um, but on lap 15, Carlos finally makes a mistake. He locks up a little bit into turn one. Um, Max is not able to pass him at the first chicane, but they are toe-to-toe for the Curva Grande, and then Max has the line going into the second turn of the second chicane and was able to stay ahead and that was him in the lead of the race for I mean what the rest of great the race. great driving from from both of them there I mean sure Kylo, Carlos made a, a minor error I mean he locked up maybe yeah, yeah. one just many went a little a bit deep into uh, into the into chicane right which just just disadvantages him coming out of the second part yeah. of the chicane and but that's even all even still it's all Max yeah, needed but it, it was all about positioning then because as they came out of that chicane, Max just was on the right, on the correct side. I think he was on the right. left-hand side on the outside of the Curva Grande, which brings him to the inside for the, the next chicane. But he was ahead. But then as they d- were doing a drag race up with that camera shot again from the front of the car, you could see the Ferrari going faster, inching ahead yep. again. But just he was out of just out of position on effectively on the outside of the next turn. He never he was never going to be around the front of Max. He didn't have. There's no way he could get a full car length in front. So it was kind of lost. Yeah. But 
great driving from both of them. Again, no no contact, uh, great racing. But I mean, that was. I mean, Carlos, not not that he's kicking himself, you know, maybe that that was his mistake because that was only on lap 15 that he could keep it together for another 36, you know, perfect laps. But, uh, you know, that's all it took. Tiny, tiny, tiny mistake. I thought it would have been interesting if Ferrari had pit right then, right as he gotten past. Right. Maybe they wouldn't have had to make a second stop and that would have ruined their chance at a podium. I don't know. But just mixing up the strategy there, coming in early, trying to undercut, maybe they could have made Red Bull maybe their choice, you know? They probably looked at it. I hope they looked at it. Um, who knows what the, you know, they can see what the traffic was like 30 seconds behind, you know, right. that would have meant. Yeah, because that's the, that's the thing, stuff. right? There's, there's so few breaking points on the on the lap. It means that you don't get a whole lot of field spread. Because everyone's tucked up right. next to you know behind one another, and yeah, you're going to get DRS trains, but there are there are only really four or five five call it like proper braking points on the lab. So yeah. it's like you, the, if they were to pit him there, it'd have been way back in traffic. I mean, as it was. You know, you go five more laps to preserve, you know, so you've got enough tires to get to the end. It didn't really make a whole lot of difference in terms of where he was going to come out. Was he going to come out ahead of Bottas or behind Bottas with downing like 10th or something? But it was, you know, at that point, it's like you've got to keep the tires on that you've got because you don't have right. a whole bunch of cars to get through. The last thing you want to do is pit and then chew up your tires getting past people because they're still, they've still got five, six laps before they're going to pit, and you can't afford to lose that amount of time sitting behind them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then on the next lap was when Alex finally pit and was the first of the top ten guys to pit, and also on that lap, Checo, who had been behind George for sixteen laps, now was finally able to get by him and start trying to get by the Ferraris and up to Max in the lead. Uh, It took a few laps for finally Carlos and George were the next guys in the top 10 to pit. And then on the next lap, Max and Charles responded. Um, I guess Checo was doing the opposite of what Charles did. So he stayed out for another lap and I think he ended up pitting on the next lap or maybe another one later than that. But as Charles was coming out of the pits, Carlos was coming up right there, and they were both at the exit at the same time, and it was really, really close. It looked like the undercut really only gave him the slightest advantage, but Carlos on the warmer fr- or warmer tires was able to stay ahead and keep ahead, and Charles really didn't have much answer for Carlos all day until really close to the end. He was not able to make any sort of difference. Yeah. Um, and then, right, Checo then pit on lap 22. And then on lap 24, we have Oscar being a little careless while Lando is trying to pass. Lando is passing him. Lando had gotten by. Um, but both the McLarens make contact at turn one. Um, I was pretty furious at that moment, but at least there <laughs> didn't cause you any and Zach damage. Brown, you and Zach Brown both, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot me and Zach Brown, you know, see eye to eye on, I guess. But um, both the McLarens crashing is definitely one of them. <laughs> Especially into each other. That's the worst thing. <laughs> into that you can each do. other, right. Yeah. 
Well, I think um, uh, earlier on, uh, Lando was definitely on the radio telling Oscar to get a move on, you know, via the team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's you could take that with a bag of salt, right? Every every teammate behind another teammate is always complaining that they're being helped. Yeah, because yeah, you've you've got DRS on your teammate. It's you know <laughs> right. you're going to be faster than him. Of course, you're unless faster. it's unless yeah. it's Lance behind you know Fernando and like you know he's just and he's, he's like, like oh, show, show me the way Fernando. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. the only time. Oh, yeah, yeah, but Lance isn't really all that close to Alonso. No, that doesn't happen very often. Situation. And then I guess so Lewis is in the lead at this point because he was the only one in the top 10 who started on hard tires. So he was out the longest. And I guess at this point, so Max finally passes him on lap 27. And then Lewis is quickly falling back on this one lap. He gets passed by both the Ferraris and Checo, and then he goes into the pits to go on to medium tires. Um, and he was worried that he was not going to be able to make it until the end on these tires. But with the lower fuel, I mean, the guys that started on the mediums were able to make it around that distance. Yeah, so it seemed he, like he, it was be. grumpy, Lewis. Okay. Isn't it? You know, sometimes right. his radio messages yeah. were a bit grumpy. Um, and yeah, yeah, particularly around some of the tires, and it's like, you pitted on lap 27 there's what 24 laps to go i don't know exactly how many laps it was 51 52 yeah. it was originally 52 but then they dropped it to 51 in right but it's basically exactly. yeah the the guys that started on that tire with a full fuel load got to lap 24 you've got 24 laps to go you'll be fine and then on lap 30 checo was getting close to the back of charles and Charles was not able to make any moves on Carlos in front of him. He, and because Charles had the DRS from Carlos in front of him, it was making it hard for Checo to get by. And then Lando was struggling to get by Alex for a long time. Alex was making his car very wide. I saw a couple memes of like, it, they put they put Alex's car on the track and just made it way bigger. So it looked like <laughs> it was like double the size of all the other cars. <laughs> <laughs> um but he's he's great at that he's great at just holding people up even though they have drs behind him on any track he's good at doing that he's done that um, yeah he's he's made a name yeah. for himself getting the elbows out as they say exactly um so really impressive from him finally checo on lap 31 was able to make it stick at turn one and get by charles and then it was on to uh, on to Carlos, who, like we said earlier, was driving great defensively on Max. So I'm sure he was going to be doing the same thing on Checo now. We're at lap 40, and now everybody is starting to complain about their tires. They're not going to be switching at this point, so it's just you're sticking it out till the end. You have light fuel in the car, so the cars are sliding around and locking up and... Um, it just seemed like maybe that there was likelihood for a safety car potentially coming up. I know Mark was, was itching for a safety car to happen so that there was some chance of maybe a Ferrari getting back ahead of Max. But, and now on lap 41, we see Carlos holding off Checo. He's able to do it for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there were a number of, a number of laps where Checo was, right up behind Carlos was putting his his car in the right place to uh you know so that basically Checo would have to go the long way around 
Checo was complaining a little bit about some of the moves that were being made and a couple of the moves were a little bit late, close to the breaking point. And one of the cardinal rules is you, you cannot change direction in the braking zone. Um, so Checo was getting a little upset that he was thinking that Carlos was moving in under braking, which I think he was just about getting away with, but he wasn't moving twice. So you can't like cut across and then cut back across to to uh, stop someone from getting their line like you see in some of the, the races of old where they'd always try to move around and like nudge everyone off the track, but they uh, they don't like that anymore. Um, so yeah. it was, yeah. I think it was, Carlos was at the threshold of what you can do and get away with. I think also the fact that it was in Monza as well probably just kind of helped <laughs> that line just be a little bit blurrier than than it maybe would have at another circuit. But you know, just watching them coming down into that chicane and it's like, is he going to be close enough? Is he going to be able to get alongside? And he can get it alongside, but you know, Carlos just seemed to have the feel on the brake just that little bit better than Checo um, for the most you know most of these attempts. And you could see that even if Checo was right there he'd always lose out maybe a foot to Carlos under braking and Carlos would keep, keep that, uh, keep that second position for a long time. I mean, it's the overtakes here are all about braking, right? Nobody was getting, you know, DRS and then, you know, halfway down the straight, they were already by the car in front. That just wasn't the case. You, it, it went all the way to the chicane every time yeah. for pretty much which is how drs is supposed to be working isn't it you know it's supposed to be that right. the drs is just enough to get you so that you're arriving at the breaking point at the similar sort of time and so it's it's then a, a battle of breaking but so often you see that the the drs zone especially when it's a red bull coming up behind is just you know it's academic sometimes on some of the circuits but <laughs> this one worked perfectly yeah. i think yeah, and then this was the same lap where we saw Lewis was really planning his car perfectly after that first chicane and coming out of that second turn and in a perfect spot to try and overtake on the Curva Grande. But this time he did it with Oscar, and unfortunately he just got a little bit like lazy, it seemed, and he just moved a little bit over to the right too much and went right into Oscar and damage Austria's front wing. Lewis was able to keep it going, um, but it, it just looked like it was lazy on him, and yeah. Oscar had to come into pit, and that ruined his points finish, and Lewis got a five-second penalty for that. Yeah, I mean, it was, I'm, was I'm surprised they both managed to keep it on the track. It was a, you know, yeah. a real contact, and they just went straight, they went straight on through the secondary sort of, you know, runoff chicane that they have that they have there and yeah i mean no one no one really had too much damage it was just obviously oscar had to go in and you know hit the pits to get fixed up but that could have come yeah. that could have ended way worse for both of them and lewis i think afterwards went up to oscar and apologized to him and said you know that was totally on me so um good on him and Let's see. So we're on lap 34. And I thought this was interesting. So Checo is struggling to get by for a long time. Yeah, yeah, 43. And he just kept – every time it didn't work, he would just bail out and go through that that cutoff. 
and I don't understand why they never talked about track limits there. Um, it yeah, seemed it w- to me like if he had tried to make those corners, he would have been farther away from Carlos. Whereas him just going through, he's ahead of him and has to let him through, but then he just gets to like gets back on the gas again, and he's and he's right back up. Yeah, he was definitely gaining an advantage by going through that, because exactly your point. If he'd have gone around the corner, he'd have been further back. Right. So could he have got back into position for the next lap to give it a go? Yeah. So you're saying that he can reset the attack within the lap versus spend another lap trying to get back into position by, by going exactly. through the I think it was, he, he wasn't getting it done in the, into the first corner. Yeah. He right. was never getting it done there. So he was using the fact that he needed to break later and later to get past so that then he could make his move into the set, the second chicane Della Roger. So, so he could right. bring himself out behind and then get closer so that he could be then positioned more closely for the next corners. Exactly. It was very cheeky. Yeah, I was not happy. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know why they they wouldn't even give him a warning. You know, um, I thought that was very strange. But anyway, they didn't. And Lewis is moving up the field now because he's on the medium tires, which are working really well for him. But he's got the five second penalty, so he's got a few people that he has to get by. Um, but he is able to get by both of the McLarens, one by crashing into him and the other by <laughs> barely getting by him, I guess. Um, but he had Albon ahead of him now, and he it took him a, a little while to to get it done. Did he get it done here? He, he got it uh, done. It took him Not a couple yet. of laps, but yeah, I think yeah. just, you know, that tire advantage, because at this point, remember... Albon was the f- first of the front runners to pit, so his tires are like screaming old. And yeah, you know, on a on a faster tire that's younger, it only took a couple of laps for him to get by. Absolutely. And then on the next lap, Checo was finally able to get by Carlos. This is on this instance, he was close enough that with the DRS, he was able to get ahead of him before they even got to the chicane, um, which made it pretty simple he didn't have to do anything special to really get by and by by that point you know carlos was not gonna gonna fight him back and get back ahead but that opened it up for charles and carlos to battle for the final podium position and it got a little spicy between the two of them and mark and martin must have been like pulling their hair out at this point yeah because it was <laughs> getting really racy, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. what? what you know, and at one point, doing? Charles got by, right, in, into turn into turn one. And and that was it. It was like, is that going to be it? But then Carlos was coming back. It was, uh, yeah, it was some really great racing between those two. You know, same car, yeah. uh, but hearts in mouths in Monza. I guess it, yeah. I guess it quote unquote, like, doesn't matter but it matters <laughs> like like come it on guys if they like, don't finish <laughs> you're on the same same team i know i know max is max but like let's do the best we can here this is the first time we've been like yeah this but clearly it's the, the, the next best car it's the podium at monza which is yeah. just the most epic spectacle right it's just the best podium you could be on yeah. carlos wanted it charles obviously done it before he wanted it but and but this was you could tell that this was 
Carlos saying, I'm not the number two driver. You know, he yeah. was elbows mm. out. He was making himself difficult to pass. And when he did, when Charles did get by, he stuck right in there and got by again. That was a real statement drive from Carlos. Um, and then Lewis finally was able to get by Alex and start to pull away really fast. I mean, he only had four or five laps to try and build up a five second gap. George was like 22 seconds ahead of him. So, you know, he is not going to be able to catch his teammate, but in order to keep that P6 spot, he needed to build a gap and he was able to do it quickly. Um, the Ferraris again are just battling at, at that turn one. It, there were a couple times where, like we said, that was where Carlos locked up and it looked like Charles was going to be able to get a, get ahead, but he wasn't able to. And then on the very last lap at that first turn, Charles looks like he's ahead, but he locks up like all four tires. It's a massive lockup. Yeah. Looks like he's <laughs> going to crash into Carlos, but somehow was able to not. Um, <laughs> at, this po- and- at this point, Martin needed new trousers. <laughs> it was so stupid. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It all. It all <laughs> and Carlos was Carlos now. was coming on the radio saying, it was "Like, let me bring this home, guys. Let me bring this home." You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And then Max breaks the record for most races won consecutively ten in a row. Unbelievable. Checo right behind him, and Carlos getting his first podium at Monza. Um, really awesome for him. Carlos, Carlos deserved the podium. He was, he was on pole position. Yeah, totally, you know, he held off he Max. Did. He drove a good, good race. You know, he had a great Charles, weekend. Yeah, Charles was there and thereabouts. Like, let's not take it away from Charles, but Carlos, you know, was he showed up? He he was just that little bit better, that little bit quicker. He got it. He put it on pole. He he deserved the podium. Um. So I was was happy. The amount of defending that he did throughout all of that to have lost out to his teammate would have been really, really harsh. If he had come come forth after all of that, like after the lottery ticket of the pole position to come forth would have just been a massive kick in the teeth. So, um, you know, good on Carlos. I'm a big, a big fan of Charles. And I think Charles is, is the better driver probably. Oh, um, I think so. You know, yeah. on he, any I, he's given day, one of the fastest single lap guys out there. He's right, phenomenally I mean, yeah, quick. Yeah. But Carlos has grit. Char- Carlos, th- yeah. This weekend, yeah. Fair, fair pay to Carlos. He showed up. He he delivered, and uh, I, was, I was happy to see him on the on the podium. Yeah, absolutely. So you you have to put both the Red Bull drivers as winners today. Obviously, Max for reasons that we've said enough yeah. times on this show this season. Um, Checo. Yeah, I know, mean, Checo's had his issues, right? Not not getting right. out of Q1 and things like this in recent races yeah. or Q2. So he he finally put it put it together. He was, you know, what yeah. uh, qualified okay and then came second. What yeah, more exactly. can you ask for? I mean, had to come up a little bit, pass some fast cars, but was able to do it. So a good yeah. weekend for him. Um, Alex, I think, will be happy coming away with what did he get? One, two. Seventh, I think. Came P seven. Um, yeah. I think he started. Yeah. P6 he started six, or- which 
you know, you've, oh. we've seen them be quick in qualifying, but they're one of those teams that just chews up their tires during the race. So where he has qualified higher up, obviously Zandvoort was a little bit weird because of everything that happened on that first lap with the rain and everything. But where you have seen him get into Q3, typically he's kind of gone backwards a little bit just because of the tires. So to start in right. sixth and finish seventh was, you know, I think it was really just Lewis getting ahead of him at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And that's That was all, all that um position that he lost so i'd I'd say you know williams like we said at the start while alex is the one who's the true winner out of all of this you you know you've got to take your hat off to williams they're doing a really good job there yeah for sure yeah totally and liam lawson is doing great i mean he he finished p11 not as good as what what nick devries did last year when he first stepped in but liam is showing something in a car that is not able to score points at the very least. I don't yeah. even know if they're really the worst car on the grid. I mean, Alfa Romeo and it looks pretty awful that and Haas pretty, looks pretty awful. So yeah, but you know that's Yuki's spot P eleven, right? I mean, so it, he's he's <laughs> yeah. putting it in the spot that Yuki's been putting this putting the car in, and exactly. to be just like in there second weekend in the car. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't a great result eleven, obviously zero points, but. That's a good, a yeah. good outcome for for a I guy who's was, trying to stamp uh, his name in uh, in the F one books yeah. and make him make make teams look at him for next year. Yeah. I think it was thirteenth. I think it was thirteenth actually. That's just you know, it was, Bottas was tenth, Piastri eleven, Sergeant twelve, Lawson thirteenth. I think is that right? Uh, I think Liam was eleven and Logan was thirteenth, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Good job of Bottas coming. Bottas coming tenth was good, and a good-looking car too. I like the the Alpha livery was really nice. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a shame that we didn't see that was. Joe. I mean, because I was Joe even there <laughs> this weekend at all? I don't remember you seeing see, him once. But then I mean, he, I mean, Stroll finished behind Joe as well. Like you didn't see Stroll, yeah. you didn't see Joe. I mean, um, but the thing is though, yeah. Joe is in the Alpha Romeo, which is not a very good car as we just discussed strolls in the aston martin yeah which is the top half of the of the field in terms of the car i mean granted this was not really paying to playing to their strong suit you know fernando in ninth but you can't bring it home in what 17th or 16th you know yeah and joe joe stopped everybody in front of stroll stopped twice Joe Lawson, start Sergeant. P- I mean Piastri, obviously, and Piastri got hit, and, and yeah, so that Stroll couldn't even beat stop. that. Yeah, right. But got right. hit, had to, you know, couldn't even get past them. He stroll and he stopped once. Where did the time go, like Lance? Like you just leave, just throwing seconds out of your car as you're driving around. Really bad. Maybe had a large pee lunch. Had that to pee on his pit stop. Yeah, really bad from from Lance. Um, I didn't, I didn't see what happened to Ocon that he. DNF'd um, when he, he left was, the race for whatever reason. I can't remember why. He retired around near lap 39, lap 40, something like that. Yeah. Apparently, Max had an issue with the car uh, the last few laps. Um, it's now really? a heat light, issue? Like, yeah, like uh, last five laps. So they, he was actually losing um, a couple of seconds a lap to everybody. Wow. Um, but he was far enough ahead that it, it didn't make 
make a difference. So they've already, whatever it is, they've already identified the problem supposedly and they can they can address it. But yeah, he was losing a bit of time at the end. But uh, Of course, the times where he has reliability issues, it's at the end where he's already so far ahead that it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, it's a fair play to, I mean, 10 weight race wins and then for Red Bull, whatever it is, 15 wins in a row or 16 well, wins in a row is... You yeah, think 15, that, 14 from this season and then the Abu Dhabi last season to finish out the season because yeah. the one before in that was Brazil, which is the one that, Brazil, that yeah. uh, George won. won. I don't know how they, many how, they had before that, but George is like just upset that, that 20 in a row or whatever. But how can they yeah. not have any, you know, anything happen to them is over in that time period? Just something unlucky occurring. Yeah. But, you know, fair play to them. Toto, yeah. a quote from Toto, he's very dismissive of this 10 wins in a row. He's like, it's something for Wikipedia. We don't care. <laughs> you know, my drivers, are, my, you know, it'll never happen for Mercedes because we have competitive drivers. That we have two good drivers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So they'll be beating each other. Um, yeah, so he was he was very very dismissive. So uh, and Lewis was talking about that earlier in the weekend. How he's never like all of his teammates have been better than all of Max's teammates. <laughs> Not even talking about Danny, I guess. <laughs> Just forgetting that Danny was there, but um, but they didn't yeah, have a winning car at that point, right? And so yeah, exactly. They've all, they've all got their own their own take on it, but yeah, that's another record for for Max. Then and, and you know he's gonna. You wouldn't bet against him to add to it, right? Like, how how high yeah. can he go? I mean, yeah. it's stupid to bet against him at this point until it happens. It doesn't make sense to bet the other way. No, no. And then, uh, Coops. How um, begrudgingly, how did Coops go this weekend? Coops. Uh, I mean, uh, it was a, kind of a medium week, you know, some decent points from people, uh, but, you know, you had to get the Ferraris up there, which they hadn't been. So C. Sherman with the biggest hole this week, 263 points. Uh, Freddie second, 255 with Freddie <laughs> and straight line, 255 points. And then as far as the overall standings go, I mean, as you were at the top, uh, Jason, you sit in second, uh, right behind Cappy, 61. Uh, you know, Nick up to 13th. P- our prediction consensus, you know, everybody in Coops F1 altogether still holding strong in seventh place. So as a group, we we, we know wow. what we're talking about, I guess. That's what that says. Uh, I had a decent week, moved up uh, a few spots, but still down in the in the hundreds. Um, nice but uh after my early early that early season surge has, has long gone he has to give up the corner i had to bounce ahead what is wrong with these people thanks again for listening to the undercuts review of the 2023 italian grand prix tune into our next episode where we'll review the 2023 singapore grand prix thanks again and we'll see you next time